We're in week four of the all-in worship series about the greatest commandment. The greatest commandment is to love the Lord God with all your heart and all your mind and all your soul and all your strength and your neighbor as yourself. Now, Jesus constructed the greatest commandment from two verses in the Hebrew Bible. The first is Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 5. Second, Leviticus chapter 19, verse 18. Our focus today will be loving God with all of our strength. And Philippians is our guide. Before we start, let's pray. God, we believe that we are called to love you and our neighbor with all of our strength. It is the way of Jesus. And at times we strive our best to do just that. Yet sometimes we don't, for whatever reason. We name and confess that very real tension and truth. Yet here we are, assembled in person and virtually as a community, open to the possibility that we can. We make ourselves available to you. Show each of us the ways we can love you and others with everything we've got. Open our minds, our hearts, and our souls. Empower us, strengthen us, and help us to intentionally love you with all of our strength. I pray that my words might not get in the way. Amen. Have you ever heard somebody say, I'm giving it 100%. I'm all in. Maybe you've heard that when people are talking about sports or getting fit, a work project, or when they're pursuing a goal that they've set out to achieve. Heck, maybe that was you. Maybe you've been saying that. Now, if I asked you, hey, are you loving God and neighbor with all your strength? Are you giving it 100%? How would you answer? You can type that in if you want. If your answer is no, you're probably not alone. Don't feel bad about it. And if you aren't, then how much effort are you giving? Like, what's your, what's your number? 25%? 50? 75? I thought about it. I think I'm at a 60.4. Let's think about this. If we were to love God and others with all of our strength, what would be tangibly different in our lives, in your life, in the church's life? How could you even tell? I'm going to name what we all know to be true. Jesus' call to love God and neighbor with all of our strength is tough. We forget. We get busy. We get distracted. Some of us are rebellious, although I I personally wouldn't know anything about that. But we aren't sure what 100% or all in would even entail. And if we're honest, sometimes we don't really want to because of our egos, our ignorance, our pride, and even societal pressures. And since it's a monstrous and never-ending call, we can end up feeling badly, like we're always falling short, which leads to guilt or just giving God the scraps of our lives. So here's why I think it's so overwhelming to think to love God with all of our strength. You know, first, it seems like an impossible standard that we can never attain. Secondly, progress is in inexact science. We might be certain that we aren't loving God with all of our strength, but we aren't sure when we would have met that threshold. Lastly, we suspect we need to be spiritually elite like a ninja to achieve something like this, like Mother Teresa or somebody like that. And these things can lead some of you and me to feel badly about ourselves, our relationship with God or the church. And that doesn't help, it does it? It doesn't really help. In fact, it hinders. And here's a reminder of the difference between guilt and shame. Guilt is often the Holy Spirit's way of prompting you to pivot. It serves as guardrails to keep you on track. Shame is totally different. It's used by the not Holy Spirit to keep you stuck, 
kind of like quicksand. And here's the thing. Shame tries to get you to forget. You're covered by grace through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ, period. And as you and I experience this grace, it leads to gratitude, deeper love, and then using the strength that we've been given to act. The invitation to go all in, or at least a little more in, isn't to make you feel crappy about yourself or what you're doing. It's about launching you forward. It's about a call from God to you, to me, to our church to go deeper. And Paul offers us some ways to move that needle towards the greatest commandment. So here's an audacious claim. It might even borderline on arrogant. I believe that you'll remember today's take-home point. Not because of the sermon's construction or my delivery, although I hope they help. Not because of the tangible things you might be able to try. No, you'll remember it because of its profound simplicity. And that's coming soon. Paul's letter was to the church in Greece. He visited there on his second missionary journey, which is outlined in Acts, somewhere between 49 and 51, they think. Now, other scholars think that Paul was writing from Rome around 62 AD. This is 10 years after that first visit. He hadn't been back, and now he isn't sure if he ever will. He's in prison and facing charges that could mean death for him. So the church itself was facing both internal and external challenges. There was division within. They were being harassed externally. But Paul's there cheering them on, reminding them throughout the letter about who God was and what God did in, in and through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. He's retelling them who they were and who they were called to be to each other and to the world. He was telling them an important but simple message in a bunch of different ways. Some of you might recognize this guy, Russell Wilson. He was a gifted athlete who started playing football at a very young age, and he dreamed, his big dream was being quarterback in the NFL, but he had a big problem. His big problem was he wasn't big enough. At 5'11", it was pretty unlikely that that dream would come true. Everyone told him, you're too small, stick with baseball. He excelled at that as well. He was drafted and briefly played for a major league team. But he had a cheerleader, his dad. When he was 10 years old, his dad said, Hey, Russell, you can go however far you want to go. He encouraged him to dream big. He instilled that dream in him. And he did so by asking him a question over and over. And his foundational question was this. Why not you, Russ? Why not you? Why don't you play pro football? Russell remarked in an interview with ESPN. He said, the idea of why not you was at the center of who I was. I started really subconsciously and consciously asking myself that question. You know, Russell Wilson made it to the NFL and has been selected to the Pro Bowl seven times. He won the Super Bowl once and would have won it twice if not for a stupid call by his head coach, which allowed Tom Brady to win his fourth. Highly annoying for us Steeler fans. But Russell's dad instilled hope. He was his Paul. His question perfectly expressed the simple point that I believe you're going to remember this week. And it's this. You can do it. Say that with me. I can do it. That was Russell's dad's message to his son. That was Paul's message to the Philippians. And it's Jesus' message to his followers. You can do it. We can love God and neighbor with all of our strength together. Paul's instructions are this. First, 
reflect. Second, imitate. Lastly, believe. Hear verse 8 again. Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there is anything excellent, and if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. Now, we aren't exactly sure what Paul was referring to here, yet I don't think it's too far off or a stretch to suggest that those things could be found in the Bible and God's Word. John Wesley, the founder of the Methodist movement, said, we should be people of the book, meaning we should reflect on God's Word. So how are you doing with that? How are you doing reflecting on the Scripture, reading it at all? To go all in or to go a bit more in on loving God and neighbor with all your strength, a simple step might be engage it more than you are right now. It's a little step. For some, that might be using our all-in cards. For others, it might be just getting the daily scripture a couple times a week. Got a question for you. Why not you? Second, imitate. Keep on doing the things that you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, and the God of peace will be with you. Imitation is a common theme in some of Paul's letters. We all need examples, don't we? We need examples to see and follow, and that's why the early church read the life of the saints, to get examples. I want you to think about a Christian in your life or who you know that seems to love God and neighbor with all of their strength. How could you imitate them? Now, two Christians in my life that I'm trying to imitate, quite poorly, by the way, are Richard Rohr, uh, as it relates to Christian contemplation and action from that contemplation, it's just Christian meditation. And Father Greg Boyd, the author of Tattoos of the Heart and the founder of Homeboy Industries in LA. Find your people, find your person, and take some steps to imitate them. Why not you? So we got reflect, we got imitate, lastly, believe. Verses 12 and 13. I know what it is to have little, and I know what it is to have plenty. In any and all circumstances, I have learned the secret of being well-fed and going hungry, of having plenty and of being in need. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You can be in any circumstance, any trouble, and we can love God and neighbor when we are strong or when we are weak. Our strength waxes and wanes, but God's doesn't. Christ strengthens us when we are weak, often through the presence of other Christians. That's what giving our life to Jesus ensures, that we have God within us, accessible and present, as well as a community to hold us, lift us. If you're curious about what committing your life to Jesus means or want to recommit your life, talk to me after. Send an email. Reach out to one of the pastors. Why not you? Now, one of the things we named as a block is measurement. It's hard to measure, right? All your strength. Two simple ways to gauge that process. First, are you more like Jesus today than you were maybe last month or last year? And the second is the St. Francis Prayer. I've printed out a copy. We can have them at the church for you. And we're going to put it on as well. But it's a way that you can pray and live this prayer on the road to loving with all your strength. As we close, I want to turn back to Russell Wilson. In 2014, he established the Why Not You Foundation, a not for profit dedicated to fighting poverty through education and empowering youth to lead a why not you attitude. And every week, that's not all he does. He goes and visits sick children at Seattle's Children's Hospital for one hour. He found God at 14. Jesus appeared to him in a dream about his dad who, who was going to die. Jesus came into the room and told him that he needed to find out more about him 
That Sunday at 14, he went to church and he's been a devout Christian ever since. You know what? His dad died in 2010, two years before he was drafted, 75th overall in 2012. He wears the number three. Why? To remind himself of the Holy Trinity. And he hears his dad's voice still saying, Russ, why not you? Russ, why not you? I wonder if you might hear that whisper. If you pause and listen, why not you? Why not you? You can do all things in Christ who strengthens you. You can do it through Christ. Why not you? Let's pray together. God, we give thanks for the online community, for being able to connect with one another in your word and community virtually. We pray for strength. We pray that we might reflect and imitate and believe just a bit more to love you and our neighbor with all of our strength. Show us the way. We ask all these things in the power of Christ. Amen.